Welcome back to The Darker Side True Crime. I'm your host, Breaker. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend today. Today we'll be covering the case of the weed killer. With that said, on with the show. The suspect in a mass shoot stabbing attack that left 19 people dead and injuring 26 on July 26, 2016 at a facility for the mentally disabled in Japan was being transferred from a local police station to, to the prosecutor's office in Yokohama, Japan. His head and shoulders were covered in a blue jacket. 26-year-old Satoshi Yuimasu was led out of a police station in Sagamihara City and led into the back of an unmarked white van with emergency lights on top. Photographers and, and video journalists swarmed the van as it pulled away. Satoshi had been held at the police station all day and overnight after turning himself in. After, after two hours, in about two hours after the attack that day, he had earlier delivered a letter to Parliament outlining the bloody plan and saying all disabled people should be put to death. Kanagawa Prefectural Authorities said Satoshi had left dead or injured near nearly a third of the almost 150 patients at the facility in a matter of 40 minutes. It is Japan's deadliest mass killing in decades. The fire department said 25 were wounded, 20 of them seriously. Security camera footage played on TV news programs showed a man driving up in a black car carrying several knives to the Suki Yamariui N facility in Sagimahara, 50 kilometers or 30 miles west of Tokyo. The man broke in by shattering a, shattering a window at 0200 hours, according to the prefectural health official, and then set about slashing the patient's throats. Sagamihara Fire Department official Kunio Takano said the attacker killed 10 women and 9 men. The youngest was 19, the oldest 70. Details of the attack, including whether the victims were asleep or otherwise helpless, were not immediately known. Kanagawa Prefecture Welfare Division Official Tatsuhisha Hirosu 
said that many details weren't clear. Satoshi had worked at the facility, which means Lily Garden, from 2012 until February when he was let go. He knew the staffing would be down to just a handful in the wee hours of the morning, Japanese media reports said. Let's take a short break here. Welcome back. The facility employs more than 200 people, including part-timers, with nine of them working the night of the attack, Hiroshi said. All those killed were patients. Quote, they were working at night and, and were questioned by the police after witnessing graphic violence making them a little emotionally unstable now, unquote, Hirosu has said. In February, Satoshi tried to hand deliver a letter to Parliament's lower house speaker that revealed his dark turmoil. It demanded that all disabled people be put to death through, quote, a world that allows for mercy killing, unquote. Kyoto News Agency and TBS TV reported. The Parliament Office also confirmed the letter. Satoshi boasted in the letter that he had the ability to kill 470 disabled people in what he called was quote, a revolution, unquote, and outlined an attack on two facilities, after which he said he would turn himself in. Well, it looks like he didn't get that far. He also attacked, asked, he, he be judged innocent on grounds of insanity be given 500 million yen or $5 million in aid and plastic surgery so he could leave a, lead a normal life afterward. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Quote, My reasoning is that I may be able to revitalize the world economy and I thought it may be possible to prevent World War III. Unquote, the letters had said. Yeah, this guy's missing more than just a few cards from his playing deck. The letter was delivered before Satoshi's last day of work at the facility, but it was unclear whether the, le the letter played a role in his firing or even if his supervisor's superiors had known about it. The letter included Satoshi's name, address, and telephone number, and reports of his threats were relayed to local police where Satoshi lived, Kyoto said. Kanagawa Governor Yuji Kyoi, uh, sorry, I slaughtered that, apologized for having failed to act on the warning signs. Some people in the area said that they were shocked that Satoshi is accused and described him as being polite and upstanding. 
Akakio Hasegawa, who lived next door to Satoshi, said he heard Satoshi had gotten in trouble with the facility, initially over sporting a tattoo, often found upon mainstream Japanese society because of its association with criminal groups, i.e. the Yakuza. Quote, he was just an ordinary young fellow, he said. Mass killings are rare in Japan because of the country's extremely strict gun control laws. Any attacker usually resorts to stabbings. In 2008, seven people were killed by a man who slammed a truck into a crowd of people in central Tokyo's Akibahara Electronics District and then stabbed passers-by. Of course, there were warning signs, as previously said. These are the listings of some of the warning signs that it seems that everyone decided to uh, ignore. On 1 December 2012, Satoshi starts working at the Yamayuri and residential facility housing about 150 mentally ill uh, patients. On 6 February 2016, the executives at said facilities confront Satoshi about his tattoos, making sure that he hid them while he was working. Then at the same year, on February 15th, Satoshi visits Parliament's lower house and after sitting outside the House Speaker's official residence for two hours, delivers a letter in which he wrote that all disabled should be put to death. He boasted in the letter that he had the ability to kill 470 disabled people in what he called a, quote, revolution, unquote, and outlined an attack he would carry out on two facilities, after which he said he would turn himself in. Later that day, parliamentary security officials notified Tokyo police, handing over Satoshi's letter. On that same day, about a half an hour later, Tokyo police report back to Lower House saying that they referred the letter to the local police seeing the area that Satoshi lived. Uh, then on uh, 18 February of 2016, Police in Suki, where he lived, contact Yama Yuri-en over Satoshi's letter. So I guess they did actually know about Satoshi's letter. 19 February of 2016, Yama Yuri-en executives confront Satoshi over the letter and his earlier remark to colleagues that all the disabled should be put to death. Local police stand by while they meet and put him in protection status, legally sending him to a mental treatment facility for hospitalization. Uh, on 20 February 2016, uh, he tests positive for marijuana use Reporting the result to police is not mandatory in Japan. On 22 February 2016, two doctors diagnose 
Satoshi as having mental condition that potential that can potentially harm others and it keeps him hospitalized. On 2nd March 2016, Satoshi's doctor says that he has been deemed safe for release with the permission of the city of his residence, conditional, conditional release on living with his parents. They had moved out of the residence, however, so Satoshi lives there alone after 12 days of hospitalization for his conditions. On 10 March 2016, 16 security cameras are installed at Yamayuri Inn as recommended by police. And then on 26 July of 2016, the incident takes place. In the media, uh, it was covered that people in Japan worried about the upcoming incidents and then they just stopped caring when they looked back. Uh, Satoshi then just 26 when he was released from the psychiatric ward where he was committed in March of 2016. The first apparent concerns were raised. He was indeed free. His release was legally approved by Sagimahara, the city outside of Tokyo where he lived and worked. He was supposed to live with his parents for monitoring at a, at a designated address, officials said, but that did not happen. Quote, information of his release from the hospital wasn't fully shared among the authorities, unquote, said Yuji Kurio, the governor of the Kanagawa prefecture. Quote, we need to examine how that happened, unquote. Authorities acted promptly upon getting word of Satoshi's threatening letter. Within hours, parliamentary sec security officials submitted the letter to Tokyo police because of its criminal threat. Tokyo police notified the police in the town where Satoshi lived, and they called the Yamayuri and facility two days later. Okay, that was not quick enough in my opinion. What, uh, well, eh, what, what do I know? I'm just some guy with a podcast. Satoshi was diagnosed as having mental conditions that could be harmful to, to, uh, to society, requiring an emergency hospitalization. He also tested positive for marijuana and another assessment three days later showed that his mental condition hadn't, hadn't improved. But only nine days later, the doctors decided his symptoms had ended so he could go home. He returned home, and even though his parents had moved out according to his neighbors, and he was therefore not able to meet the requirements of his release. A city official in charge of mental health said his release was legally approved and there was nothing more they can do because continuing mon monitoring was tantamount to a human rights violation and therefore unethical. The official requested anonymity because of the sensitivity of the issue. Experts there could have been instances where officials could have prevented the disasters if authority authorities had used more caution
quote, it would have been, it would be more desirable to establish a system that provides more levels of monitoring, but that also creates the issue of privacy and prejudice, unquote. Yashiro Yuki, a social welfare expert at the Shukitoku University, told TBS television talk show, we need to balance human rights and monitoring. At the Yamayurien, officials had been uneasy since Satoshi left. At the recommendation of local police, the facility had installed the security cameras in March, where the 150 patients lived in the four two-story buildings, each with automatic door locks. They added security guards during an event in June when outside guests visited the facility. But overall security at the facility was perhaps not enough. Kanagawa Prefecture Welfare Department official Shogo Nakayama said that the only security guard on night duty was allowed to sleep, and there were only eight other caregivers on each floor. But Nakayama acknowledged the need to reconsider security at the facility and staff qualifications. Quote, we do have to learn from the lesson from what happened, unquote, he said. Now on to the trial as to uh, what had happened. Needless to say, the trial was a slam dunk for the prosecution. Satoshi had openly admitted to the mass slaughter. The sentence was handed down and finalized by the judge after he withdrew his appeal. When the trial finally took place, he was now 30 years old. When the 30 years old. He said that it would be wrong to appeal at the higher court. Satoshi also said that he expected to receive the death penalty but was not convinced that he deserved it. He said during his trial that disabled people who were unable to communicate create unhappiness in society. At the heart of the trial was whether Satoshi was mentally competent during the attack. The district court ruled that he was, rejecting the de his defense counsel's argument that he was influenced by his marijuana use. In handing down the ruling, the court said his work at the care facility, among other things, shaped his motivation. Quote, he believed he would be a pioneer and receive approval if he killed people with disabilities, unquote, the court had said. As a side note, Japan carries out their death penalty by hanging. Before I go on, a shout out to the AP and the Japan Times. I got a lot of the material for my case from them. Was justice served? Yes, I believe I, it is. They got the right guy.
but uh, I do feel that it could have been prevented not through legislation but through better management better preparedness better security at the mental health facility uh, and keeping the guy in the mental health facility that he was in uh, to begin with he was there for nine days and they released him even though he didn't even improve I don't know how he got out to smoke marijuana but they let him go <laughs> they knew that he was a danger to society but they let him go why did his parents move out of the house and he was able to live at that house still yet that's another question I'm kind of wondering about um, it seems that Japan is facing similar issues with their mental uh, care and their society society like we are um, it, but it seems like they're 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 uh, uh, they're treating their mental health a little bit better. Um, they actually have care facilities for their citizens, um, and uh, they they seem to care a little bit more about privacy. Um, than we Americans do. <laughs> but they do it at the cost of liberties. And that's something I'm not personally willing to give up. It was Thomas Jefferson who once said, I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery and I agree with that with that said this brings this episode to a close thank you for listening and subscribing to my podcast if you haven't already please subscribe and tell a friend please rate and review this podcast if you like it it helps bring more listeners to the podcast we are on Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts Anchor Pandora, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any comments or suggestions for cases, please feel free to email info at darkersidepodcast.com. I'm on zafula.com. Look for me, uh, Break All Day, the verified account. Uh, feel free to send me a friend request. I will accept it. Mahalo and see you next time on the darker side.